You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hi, and welcome to episode 79 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli, and with me, as always, are Vicki Stokes. Hi. And Suze Gilbert. Hi, everyone. Now, we're going to get right into our topic today, but before we do, I just want to share some feedback we received from the G Plus community. The first one is from Peter B., and he says, Hi, ladies. Great listen. Yes, unfortunately, we get more and more possibilities for a rant. Just a remark to the iPhone shutter button that you were talking about, Suze. Mm-hmm. Yes, immediately as you started, I had to smile. It constantly happens to me that I accidentally press the on-off button and the iPhone goes black instead of taking a picture. But as a hint, at least on my iPhone 6, you can either use the volume up or down button to take a picture. Not sure if I stood you un- uh, understood you correctly. I thought you mentioned just the volume up button possibility. I also prefer the physical buttons over the on-screen button for taking pictures. The down button is working better, but I still accidentally hit the wrong button. Keep up the great work, Peter. So thank you, Peter. And from our friend Kevin Alder, who is one of the co-hosts of the Geekiest Show Ever podcast, which includes the world-famous uh, weather forecast, he says, My current major peeve is what they have re- removed from iOS on the iPhone, like the chime when you activated Siri on the phone. Siri also seems to have gotten a bit dumber with iOS 9. And if you listen to Geeky Show Ever, you'll hear that he's constantly complaining about upgrading to iOS 9. He's been having a lot of problems. So hopefully the new version will make things a little bit easier for Kevin. So thanks for your feedback, Kevin. I'd like to say something about uh, for, uh, Peter's, uh, feed, Peter's feedback. I want to thank him because, you know, I'm so used to the volume up button being the shutter. I completely forget about the volume down button because when it first happened, when when Apple first allowed that, there were so many apps that came out like Camera Plus and Hipstamatic that incorporated the volume up button, the plus button, and then they had to take it away because I don't know what Apple was thinking. I don't know if it was a proprietary thing, but anyway, then they got to put it back in in a later um, update. So he is absolutely right. And that's a really good tip. I really should try to train myself. It's sometimes hard, uh, habits are hard to break, but I'll try to train myself on the, on the volume down button. I actually, you know what I've been doing? I've been putting in my earphones and my, um, and just taking photos with that. So I don't miss them because I always have my earphones in. So sometimes you get used to doing something one way and you forget there are other ways of doing it. So what we want to talk about today is a few days ago, as we record, Apple had its current Apple event. And while I was watching that, I was also following the Twitter feed. And there was someone who was live tweeting that was just hysterical. So I wanted to bring him in. And today we'd like to welcome Tim Robertson, who is the owner of MyMac.com and also one of the co-hosts of TechFan. And ironically, we've been Facebook friends for six years today. Oh, that showed up in my feed today, which I thought was pretty funny. (laughs) You know, I must be the March guy because it was two years ago, March, that I was on this show to talk about Game of Thrones. Oh, Oh, my God. It was March 2014. 
Wow. wow. Are you still watching it, Tim? Because I lost interest, I guess. I haven't been um, watching it. They've been gone forever. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, they, they're kind of suffering from that Sopranos thing where they take way too much time off. But I kind of understand. I mean, there's some really elaborate stuff going on, set pieces and right. locations. But, yeah, I'm still into it. Not as much as I was, to be honest. I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm like, eh, the, this the dark and dreary and nothing good ever seems to happen. Just kind of yeah. wears you out after a while. Yeah, it yeah. does. That's, that's where I am with it. Well, it yeah. comes back in April, and from what I've read, little I've read, it's going to be the season of the women. Mm. There's going to be a lot of strong, you know, stronger women characters. About time. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well. I didn't see that in the book, so I don't know. Maybe he's writing it in the third one. Yeah. <laughs> well. mm. So, what did you think of the Apple event? Tim, what were your feelings? <laughs> Uh, to me, it was almost a non-event, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, nothing was really announced that, in my opinion, that warranted live streaming, Tim Cook, all of that, all the production that went into it. Um, and you got to figure that it probably cost them $2 million to stream this and put this whole event together. Uh, it's it's not an inexpensive thing. I, I thought it was kind of boring, mm-hmm. uh, very predictable. Every single thing that they talked about everyone already knew well you know that i put that in one of my notes exactly what you just said i said i was a bit bored throughout the event but maybe because i already heard what was being announced but but the medical i thought the medical piece was very interesting from my perspective it really was that doesn't require no no absolutely no you're absolutely right i mean you know i was doing the twitter thing and i was you know, I worked for OWC for a while, and for a year, I, I did all their social media. So I I was live tweeting the other events for OWC, and I was very kind of serious about it, but I was still kind of having fun. I thought it would be fun to do a live tweet through the uh, through my Mac this time and kind of keep it a little bit more me rather than corporate. And so that's yeah. what I tried to do. And it just seemed to me that since nothing was really going on, people were complaining a lot. I just thought I would just have fun with it. And I got a lot of retweets and a lot of uh, conversations <laughs> going, especially with Night Shift. That one was retweeted a whole bunch of times. It's one thing I will not use. I have it on my on my Fire tablet. I yep. hate it. Oh, I'm yep, using so it I. already. I love no. it. No, I, hate it. I think it's I, because I, I need bright light. No. I, I feel like I've got jaundice the when I'm using it. <laughs> Uh, you know the thing is though is that you know that it's the the blue light keeps me up at night and I have terrible insomnia so and I tend to read in bed with my iPad and I'll I'll turn down the brightness but even still it's something to do with the blue light I totally agree with that because the past couple nights I've been using the night shift ever since it came out and I, I you can you can adjust it so I don't have it quite so yellow so warm but I find it's much rela- more relaxing on my eyes personally I I think it's a welcome feature for me I haven't yeah, even tried I, it on iOS simply because I hate it so much on my Kindle mm-hmm. now can you use this <laughs> through the entire thing All, every app can use it or is it just the reading apps No actually your whole screen your home screen the whole device turns this uh, yellow yellowish color so you can always put it back to normal you can shut it off but they should totally rename it jaundice i'm serious (laughs) (laughs) what's interesting though tim is that i've learned do not photo edit 
photos <laughs> you're doing it because I've been doing this drawing a day thing. And so sometimes I don't get my drawing done until 11 o'clock at night. So I have to post it before midnight. So when I took the picture, I'm thinking, God almighty, that's terrible light. So I'm turning on the LED lights to try to take a picture of this drawing. And I realize it's because I had it on night shift. It does alter it. So I shut it off. I took the picture and it, it, it was fine. So just a word of caution to people, if they are using night shift, don't edit photos or take yeah. photos because you'll have a little yellowish. Yeah, and- I, I didn't even really notice it. So I, I don't remember what it looked like before. And I do read with my uh, uh, devices, my iPhone uh, in the dark. Um, and I didn't really notice it. So maybe I have to turn it off and turn it back on. <laughs> uh, if, if you swipe picture. up uh, on your phone, you swipe up. It's the middle button at the very bottom. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you can hit it any time, and it says turn oh, it yeah, on. Oh, yeah. I just noticed that. I used that all the time. I didn't even notice that that that, that was there. Hmm. Okay, so I just turned it off, and then I turned it back on and see what the difference is. But Is it hmm. on by default? No. I haven't upgraded yet. It is not uh, on by default. Okay. Oh, so let me see if it's on. Uh, yeah, see, I haven't done Yeah, it. I wasn't on. That's the reason why I didn't notice anything. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. That explains it. <laughs> I mean, there were some interesting things. Like Suze said, the, the, the new health kit, the research kit. Um, I thought having the app for the classrooms for teachers to use to keep an eye on the kids was good. But nothing, you know, folders for Apple TV, for the people who have Apple TVs, which I think a lot of people have complained about. There's just too many screens to go through to find the app that you want. But like you said, Tim, it didn't really warrant an event. I you know, more press releases or little videos on the Apple website. I'm trying to remember what Tim Cook was talking about when it came to the watch bands. Uh, the, something about their spring line or something. Yeah. And I thought... Yeah, it, it, that just sat with me wrong. I was like, you're a tech company, and you're talking about your spring lineup. <laughs> your fashion company. Is yeah, I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't know. I, I still don't get the Apple Watch myself. I don't, I don't own one. I don't have any desire to own one. And this is the first time that Apple's released a major new product that even after a year, I was, yeah. I, I'm completely, apath- I just don't care. I, I don't care either. For me. Yeah. I have one wearing it right now but it is definitely not a must-have yeah yeah i do like i, I don't even wear a watch anymore so my son loves his apple watch he and he's not an apple fanboy at all trust me but he he loves it he bought one and he's very very happy with it so but i don't have one and i have no desire to have one yeah. so but i have that, i have to say that yeah Go on, because I'm going to start talking about something different. Oh, I was just going to say is that I have a, and my husband is aware of this, I have a major girl crush on Phil Schiller because I love love the way he comes out and he's dynamic and he's passionate. Now, Phil Schiller had Johnny I voice. Oh, my gosh, I'd leave my husband. I swear to God, I wish. (laughs) So I noticed that Johnny I was not there. That was interesting. But I have been waiting for a smaller iPad Pro. And I, I ordered it. I stayed up to 2 a.m. because it wasn't available until, you know, you could pre-order it at 12 midnight, you know, Pacific time for those of us that don't live in uh, California. But I was so excited. Number one, I was very excited about, I, I was disappointed in 3D Touch. They didn't offer 3D Touch, but I was very excited 
about them, the storage space, them upping the storage space to 256 gig. Very excited about that. And I never buy the first incarnation of anything because it seems they never put a camera. Not that I take a lot of iPad pictures, photos, but we'd have to take away your cameras if you did. (laughs) But I was impressed they were putting a 12 megapixel camera in in the iPad Pro, but. I have been, when I, that Apple Pencil came out, Tim, I was so lusting for that. I thought, can you believe it? I have an iPad Air 2 and I cannot use this. This is ridiculous. So last night, because I draw all the time on my iPad, I use my iPad all the time. As Vicki and Elisa know, I, it t- I don't need a laptop. I do everything on my iPad. But I, that's one thing that has been a real sticking point for me is there's not one stylus on the market that does, that has that pen design that you need for drawing uh, except for the apple pencil and you know without a lot of lag and total palm rejection so i'm very very excited i was i was screaming and jumping up and down and my husband said oh for god's sakes i said well you do it during march madness i'm (laughs) (laughs) for the ipad this is your march madness this is my march madness suze you would be surprised you and uh, alisa to hear me say this but i might get one because that's one of the things i hate about using it for class is that you can you can put your palm on there, and I have horrible handwriting as it is, so I would really have to have control over how I write on that thing. And if I can put my palm down on it and write on it like it's a piece of paper, then that works for me. But I still wish they had more, you know, ports to it so it acts like a real computer. Uh, otherwise, I, I still use my MacBook Pro. Well, I did buy the adapter. I was very impressed at the USB adapter. Now, just the word of note is that the USB 3.0 is for the iPad Pro, the 12.9 inch. The yeah. 9.7 will only do USB 2. But just to be able to hook my camera in, you know, when I'm taking infrared photos and, and download them into my iPad and work on them there, I'm very excited. So I bought the adapter because I think that's yeah. huge. I was yeah. I was very excited about that. And my husband, because of the iPad pencil, I'm um, iPad pencil, the Apple pencil, and the smaller iPad Pro. He's thinking about actually. Um, he has a mini. He's happy with, but he's thinking about getting the iPad Pro because he takes so many notes for work, like you. And he said, yeah. you know, it would. T- he just has notebooks full, and he said this would be so great that he could actually use the pencil and then you know email it to somebody that yeah you know. yeah yeah did know did you see the price of the smart keyboard that goes with the ipad pro yes 149 dollars. wow that's crazy that's wow. apple yeah that is <laughs> that's just, apple it, that's right <laughs> it's a cover and keyboard but no way we can you buy know, so f- many other ones that are much, I go on like Amazon one-tenth and, the price. <laughs> yeah, I go on Amazon and get but a it's keyboard not Bluetooth. for 40 bucks. It's not Bluetooth. Remember that. It's not Bluetooth. No. Yeah, but who cares? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I got to tell you, um, I have a Bluetooth keyboard that came with a case from my iPad 4. I haven't turned that thing on, and I want to say six months to a year. It's just been sitting. Well, I decided with my current iPad I wanted to do some long-form long writing. So I turned the thing on. I said, let's see what happens. I turned it on. Worked like a charm. It still mm-hmm. had battery life. Yep. Yeah. It connected immediately to my iPad Air. Mm. It was great. Yeah. Well, I, 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 something just like that. I don't know why it is. Bluetooth stuff seems to really hold charges forever because I've got a pair of wireless Nakamichi headphones that 
I really like them, but the only time I really use them is when I'm mowing the lawn and I don't want the cord going from my phone up to my ear. So that's about the only time I use them. So the last time I used these was probably in August, and I just turned these on and they work. They're still good. Got half oh, a charge still. Crazy. I, I just recently started having problems with Bluetooth devices connecting to my MacBook Pro. Um, sometimes the mouse doesn't work. Sometimes the keyboard doesn't work. Um, now the keyboard is not working. Um, so I, I sort of don't like Bluetooth devices because they're not reliable as far as I'm concerned when I'm using my Mac. Um, and these are all Mac uh, products. These are not some other products. Uh, that would. I've been lucky. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I, I have the Bluetooth mouse. I have a couple of speakers, and they've all been worked flawlessly. Yeah. Well, I think it's been about time that I, th- I think Apple is uh, – I don't know why they didn't put 3D Touch. That really ticked me off. Um, 3D what? 3D Touch in the iPad. Oh, Pro. yeah. But the other thing is um, they've been lagging behind – like that's been one of your major complaints, Vicky, is a port to be able to mm-hmm. put, you know, auxiliary stuff in there, you know, whether it's, you know, headphones or, or whatever. I don't know why they have taken so long to do this. It seems yeah. a little silly that, you know, they have to come out with a signature – very expensive iPad Pro when they've had that ability right along to do that. Yeah, it's like when when I would, would be using my tablet to do stuff, and I go, okay, uh, oh, shoot, I can't do this. I got to go use my, my computer to do this. And I can't transfer files that easily because you have to, this, this kind of crazy stuff you have to work around. And then that iCloud sync stuff doesn't sometimes work well enough. I work on something, and it does, hasn't yet synced over to the uh, the cloud, so I can't continue working on that document using that um, and I just got to the point that I don't use iOS for any any work. I use iOS just to uh, browse the internet, play apps. That's it. Um, but hopefully that'll change. I really really liked iPad when I had it, and I want to start using it again. Um, but well, I don't ha- I don't own one anymore, ladies. Oh, I use mine every mm-hmm. single day. I love my iPad. Yeah. That's and why I, I watch Netflix and YouTube videos. And I have oh, to say, I, don't. I like a bigger screen. I think yeah. they've done really well with the new uh, Apple TV. We really like the new oh, Apple TV. That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah. I'm very, very happy. We haven't, um, unfortunately, yeah. we have to do that this week, but we haven't been able to um, have a chance to update the, the new TV OS. Yeah. But, you know, what's interesting is Tim was talking about all of the apps for TV, but I never, we only use Netflix pretty much. But my husband was looking at some of the sports apps. And especially for March Madness, you know, where you can get in real time the current scores and you can watch two games simultaneously on the screen. That's I think that's a pretty neat feature. Again, I don't know how much that app is, though. Sometimes like the MLB app, they're they're kind of pricey. I was going to say, since they get the MLB app, I'm going to sign up again this year. It yeah. dropped the price to one hundred and ten dollars. Was one hundred and thirty for the whole season? For the whole season. <clears throat> wow! And because you don't live in in Red Sox country, you can watch all the Red Sox games. Oh, my husband definitely will sign up for that because you know, he or, or anything else, and because and it's going to go on all six of our TVs. One hundred and ten dollars just to watch baseball. But you can watch every game. Uh, except except what's that, what, <laughs> like you like you could not watch the Giants and Oakland because they are in your area. They're blackouting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're blacked out. But if you wanted to watch the Yankees or Atlanta or, you know, whomever, you could watch all those games. It's disgusting that they still do blackout. It is. Yeah. Isn't, it, isn't yeah. it, Tim, seriously? I mean, they I, use I, tax dollars for stadiums and all this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet 
the home crowds can't watch him unless they spend hundreds of dollars to sell out a stadium. It's yeah. disgusting. Well, it should be illegal. They want yeah. you to watch. Uh, they want you to subscribe. You know, watch through Time Warner. You know, for here it's Yankees Mets, so they want you to watch it on the Yes Channel and subscribe to Time Warner. Yeah, yeah it's all what, what if I don't? They're they don't they, they're, they're colluding with each other to. Well, Tim yeah. is right though because you know with Jerry World, Jerry Jones, you know, in the Cowboy Stadium, you know, a preseason game ticket, some of the cheapest tickets, standing room only, standing room only is like a I don't know a couple hundred bucks. Yep, and. You know, the regular tickets, how can you afford to take, like, a family? Like, say you want to take your kids to a football game. You, you live in Dallas, Texas. That is, like, unless you're extremely wealthy, which a lot of Dallasites are. But still, to, I mean, yeah. for the average family, middle-class family, to say, wow, it's going to be $1,500. Plus, when you get there, you're talking about, you know, maybe a soda or, you know, a refreshment. I mean, that's, that's a lot of money. To, yeah, to yeah. hot dogs were seven dollars, ten dollars. But here's exactly. the thing: yeah. that their logic is so wrong when it comes to what they're doing. <clears throat> and I know this is kind of uh, off topic, but um, okay. So the team's not doing well, so less people go to the game. Thus, they institute the blackout policy, so less people can now watch it. So thus, less people are going to go to the stadium. So you're hurting mm-hmm. your own fan base. When your team doesn't do well, yeah, go. They get into the habit of not watching you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're no longer fans. <laughs> yeah, they they're, yeah. they're discouraging you you yeah. from becoming a fan or staying yeah. a fan by punishing you when they're the ones screwing up. Because uh, who wants to go to a game when your team just really stinks? Listen, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. <laughs> you know, we went zero and sixteen just a, you know five years ago, <laughs> and and yet most of those games are still sold out. I know. It's yeah, crazy. It is crazy. Look at the Browns. Same thing with the Cleveland uh, Browns. I think they're – is ownership trying to tank that team? I know. That's I know. the weirdest thing in the world that I see what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Also, driving, also driving to the stadium, you know, $20 to park the car. Yeah. Se- $75, $75 to park it at Jerry World. $75 unless, to park unless, the car. Let's Jerry World. But let's be honest. They've trained us now to not go to the games. Yeah, they they've mm-hmm. given. Look, if you want to watch a football game or a baseball game, the best place to do it is on a big screen TV at home. Yeah, you get yeah. the commentary, you get close ups of everybody. It's like super yeah. HD. I mean, it looks yeah. great. When you go to a stadium, you can't see crap. I mean, Tim, I took my you dad to so right. game a few years ago, and you, it, you're sitting there in the stadium. It's great, good atmosphere. I got free tickets, so you know, um, <laughs> and. and we're just sitting there looking at the big screen at the top of the stadium. Yep. The exception is actually basketball. You can see pretty well. Um, but football uh, is... But basketball games don't cost yeah. as much. No. Yeah. And, and, yeah. With, and with Jerry World, or everybody calls Cowboy Stadium Jerry World, let's face it. And it's not AT&T Stadium. It's Jerry World. But mm. the thing is, is they had this ginormous jumbotron. Yeah. And when we went to the game, because... Um, my eldest son is a Cowboys fan, so he said, okay, you know, we went to a preseason game when he was here, and um, still cost a fortune. And you're watching the whole darn game on the Jumbotron. You're very rarely looking at the field. It's yeah. crazy. Yep, and everyone so, does it. You know, it's the same thing with movies, though. When you have screaming kids, or you have people that are, you know, texting during a movie, I just assume, unless it's an absolute incredible movie that really needs to be seen on the on the large screen like maybe a star wars or star trek or something like that 
I'd rather just wait till it comes out and watch it on TV and, you know, it's quiet. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting cranky in my old age, but <laughs> it's just... God. Well, you can pause it and use the bathroom if you exactly. want. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, this no. is why I'm spending $110 on the MLB app. Yeah, and to me, because, that's not crazy. I, I no, think that's not crazy. Either. I mean, I was talking to my husband last night. I convinced him into going to Fenway. I said, I really want to see Ortiz play one last time before he retires. And I've only been to the Red Sox game like four times, and three of them were away games. But I said, the problem is I really, really want to sit on the Green Monster. Well, between <laughs> between gas and tolls out there, because it's a it's the mass turnpike, so between gas and tolls, tickets on the red on the Green Monster will probably cost us about $500, Hotel prices go up when the Red Sox are in town, and then buying food, and I'm only talking an overnight, like leaving Tuesday, coming home Wednesday, it would run us about $1,000. I said, I cannot justify $1,000 for an overnight. I can't. Most people can't. I said, maybe we'll just do a day game in the grandstand. And you know what's what's sad, Elisa? When my husband was going to Northeastern, granted, it was back, you know, in the 80s. There were $5 seats. You could get $5 bleacher seats. And that's what he, he went to almost every single home game because it was $5 seats. And now you can't touch them. You know, when we yeah. used to live in Maine, you know, we'd go down to uh, Fenway and, you know, he'd take the boys and stuff. And still it wasn't as expensive as it is now. It's just gotten out of hand now. I mean, it's just, it, it's crazy. But some of the things that I see the NFL doing is actually pretty smart when it comes to this newer generation of people that are coming up. Uh, especially the techno people like us, uh, they're actually encouraging people to log in through the NFL app, or they're going to anyways, and you can like Periscope or whatever it's called mm-hmm. from the stadium, and they'll put you in the official app so people at home can actually get kind of that live vibe, what's going on at the stadium. Oh, here's somebody, here's 30 people that's Periscoping right now at the Dallas Cowboy game, and you can, in the app, watch what they're looking at. Yeah, that's then that's very cool cuz I have periscope. Yeah. Now, now see that's that to me that's the way you kind of encourage people to come or at least give them a flavor of what it's like to be at the game. Because let's be honest, as much as we could play now it's so much better to be at home and you see it a lot better. It, it's a different atmosphere when you go to these yes. games. You're around yes. other fans, you get excited. Yeah. Um it, it's a different experience. It is, yeah, it Tim. Is. And you know it by is. contrast you know, you have the Cowboy Stadium in Arlington, and right across the street, right across the parking lot, was where the Texas Rangers play. Beautiful stadium. The only caveat with that stadium, we live in Dallas, Texas, is that it is, it's, I, I think, one of the only non-air-conditioned stadiums. Whoa. And so you have to go to a night game. I mean, but the, tickets are, but the tickets are cheap. You know, I mean, my But don't they only play at night, the Rangers, because of that? No. Oh, no. No. Honey, oh, the they, they treat the sun here like yeah. No, they no, they play in the heat of day. Absolutely. Oh. Ford mm-hmm. Field and the and the Detroit Tigers play right across the street from each other. But thankfully, they're both very modern stadiums and both have AC. <laughs> yeah. You know the same thing with with you know Phoenix when you know my husband used to bring the the kids up with the, our boys when we lived in Tucson. Um, and they were all air-conditioned stadiums. It just seems such an oversight to have such a beautiful stadium as, as like the Texas Rangers and not have air conditioning. I don't know what they were thinking. We live, you know, in, in the southwest here. Yeah, and that's, temps that's... do get into, you know, triple digits, definitely in the summer. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So, so they, as usual, we took a left turn. As usual. <laughs> and went somewhere else. <laughs> so... What did you think of the iPhone SE? Now, I think it's not for people like us. Mm. 
My wife well, I have, would like I, that. I have plus, so. I, I'm a plus user as well, but my wife doesn't. My I, in in our house, anyways. What happens is I'll buy the new iPhone. A year later, I want the next new one. So my wife gets the year old iPhone. That's what we uh, do. Yeah, but she says she doesn't want to do that anymore. Um, <laughs> and that kind of started, she's like, well, I want a new one. And I, I totally <laughs> agree with her. Um, but when she saw the iPhone 6 Plus, when I first got it, she said that looks ridiculous. <laughs> and she didn't want it. It's it's too big for her. Mm. And she really likes the 5S that she's been using for a few years now. But yep. it is starting to get a little bit long in the tooth. I've noticed that it's it's a lot slower than my 6 Plus. I'm always kind of worried about upgrading it at this point. I'm like, uh, we'll put the new one on, but I'll wait for a little bit to see if there's any reports about a 5S having problems with it. Um, so she doesn't want the big iPhone. I don't know about the 6. I don't know if that's even too big for her. But I'm thinking that she would really like this new phone because it's kind of right in her wheelhouse. Um and the price is right, let's be honest. It's a beautiful phone. I loved my 5S, Tim. Loved it. I, I still do. think it's one of the best designs. I think it's oh, a better design than the 6 and the 6 Plus. I totally agree with you. And I loved it because it fit comfortably into a pocket. It had a beautiful weight to it. You know, I, I, I have the 6S. I don't have the Plus. I have the 6S. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice. It's got a little bit larger screen. I didn't mind my 5S screen. But I think them coming out with this... Um, phone and having two gig of space uh, of ram on it i think it's future proof i think this i think nope, this one's you're wrong. you don't think so no and here's a problem 16 gigabytes are you freaking kidding me yeah it's 2016 and they just released a 16 gigabyte iphone i know that's yeah. unconscionable but what that's you unconscionable. can go up, but you can go up to what 128 on that right oh sure just another hundred dollars why yeah. not start at 64 gigs yeah, that that is the minimum that they should have now. I totally agree. Uh, maybe even thirty-two, but sixteen is insulting. Yeah, that is disingenuous. I couldn't put them. half my music on that one. Well, that's why I say I don't think it's for people like us. It might be good, like in a business situation. Yeah, you, ha- you only yeah. Ha- you're only using it for email for your contacts. There's almost no texting. cost difference to Apple from sixteen to thirty-two. There's no, almost, true. with the amount it's of money negligible. that that company has, it's nothing. Yep. I totally it, it, agree it with you. It probably costs less than an entire year for them to put 32 instead of 16 than it did for them to broadcast live streaming this last event. Yeah. There's no. 16 and 64. Those are the two options. It's ridiculous. It's just, it's insulting. Oh, they don't even go to 128. No, no. it's just 16 and 64. Now, see, it's that insulting. to me is insulting because, you know, I th- I agree with Tim. They should either start it off at 32 or 64. Because look how long it took them for to get an iPad to have 256. I mean, come on, people. I, I, I have always, you know, been amazed about that, is why they're so stingy with storage space. They, they really are. Well, what uh, version of iOS are we on now? I forget. Uh, 9.3. Okay. Remember when 7 came out and Apple had that big problem that people over the air with the 16-gig iPhones couldn't update? Right. <laughs> yeah. That was that was what three years ago. Yeah. yeah. And they're still selling a 16 gig iPhone. It's insulting. Wow. It's, yeah. I, it's it's I I can't forgive them for this. This is and and I even tweeted about this. It's it's disgusting to me, and I I don't know why they're still doing it. This it's this attitude of, well, this is good enough for our customers. Well, Apple's all about oh premium and blah blah blah. And you, yes, you pay more, but you get more with Apple. No, not always. 
because then they do stupid stuff like this and shoot themselves in the foot. And the well, tech press they... won't be strong enough coming out against 16 gigabyte iPhone SE. Well, maybe they think the new people who don't have never owned a Mac, um, an Apple phone will buy it because it's cheaper, but that's not cheap. It's like three ninety nine. Everyone's right. acting like that's a great price. <laughs> what? It's the first. It's three ninety nine. What a great price! That's it's not a great price for a little bitty phone that does nothing. Four hundred dollars you know? for a phone? Really? That's cheap now. I'm in the wrong business because it's an extra hundred for sixty four, so you yeah. get three times the space for a hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know you want this phone for uh, four hundred dollars, but they ain't gonna put anything on it. Tell you what, if they offered that for ninety nine dollars, then that would be a deal. <laughs> I, okay, I would. I'm totally with you there, and I think it's seventeen dollars with no contract, and that's not bad. But sixteen gigabytes, come on. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's it's disgusting. Well, I was kind of. I raised an eyebrow yesterday, um, but I, I said, no, it's not going to be a deal breaker. But I noticed in the iPhone SE and the new iPad Pro, for RAM, they only put 2 gig. Now, the iPad Pro, the 12.9, has 4 gig. So I'm, I'm thinking, why would you come out with a smaller iPad Pro if, if you want to make it professional and have professional mm-hmm. people use it and not give it the 4 gig? But again, I don't know the internal... Um, manifestations, maybe, you know, there's some thermal overheating, who knows, I don't know. But uh, I did think that was a little, it did make me raise an eyebrow, but I thought, okay, you know what, maybe because it has the A9X chipset, and it is faster that, you know, you won't be caching things. So maybe, so often, so maybe it's going to be okay. I, 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 And you're not going to be multitasking on such a small phone either. No, you're absolutely Mm -hmm. right. So I said, okay, I'll I'll dive, I'll deep. (laughs) Most people don't know how much RAM their phone has anyways. It's okay. almost a non-factor, but storage is a different matter. Storage is a different matter. And, you know, I, I find, Tim, that it's really funny because every device that I get, I try to always get the highest storage um, they allow me. So, and it's really interesting. It's, you know, when I remember the first time I ever bought my first iPhone, I think it was a, three, a 3G. It was a 3G. And I bought the 8 gig. I... Two days I was up. I had to use it. I had to bring it back to the store and get the next one up. So I learned my lesson. So I've always tried to get as much as I can. So like with my iPhone 6S, I have 128. With this one, I got 250. And I find that I use a lot of the space. I mean, I own, on my iPad Air, I think I have like 25% left on my storage space. So yeah, you know, but that's because yeah. that's because you're lazy about your your how you're managing your storage. When you don't have a lot, you will, you will get more frugal on what you're putting on it, what you're storing on it. Yeah, mm. but I don't want to be frugal, Tim. See, that's exactly just, that. I, yes, yeah. exactly. I'm, I'm yeah. the same way. Yeah, I don't stream. I want my music on my devices. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can't put all my music on my devices, but I can't put all of mine on mine either. Well, I can on my iPod mm. five, my fifth generation iPod. Because many years ago, I put a 256 gigabyte hard drive in it. It oh. still works, too. Wow. Oh, yeah. My first generation, mm. or no, my second generation iPod that I bought in 2003, mm. the Click Wheel, mm-hmm. that still works. Yeah. Fire yeah. 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 I got the first and generation. They're heavy. IPod. They're really heavy. They're little they're devices. They're very heavy. And it has 20 gigs. <laughs> I've, got, yeah. I've got the first generation iPod. I still own it. I think I got a second generation one around here somewhere. The only one that doesn't work for me is my fourth generation all white one for whatever reason. Um, I don't know if it's a battery or what. It just doesn't work at all. Yeah. 
<clears throat> I think the hard drive's dead in it. I think that's what it is. And why bother with it at this point? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but yet I can't a, get rid of it. A couple no. weeks ago, we had an Apple bashing um, episode. I mean, yes. we really, I was ticked. There were so many things that I was really ticked off about. And I did notice that they still haven't worked on their music, iMusic, very much. They need to really do some work there because it's always cutting out if you have the radio on. You'll download songs to listen to offline, and you sync your phone. The next thing you know, all the online offline stuff that you have is gone. Um, and their iCloud syncing, you know, Tim really, uh, he they really need to work on this iCloud syncing because on my phone, yeah. I have photographs that they're they're being triplicated. I count yeah. one photograph, and I have six six copies of it. What mm-hmm. the heck? Yeah. So, you know, they really, really need to do some work. I would rather see them do some work on that as well. You know, I've I, said I, for a while on TechFan, um, and I've rallied against this because uh, as well as Apple makes hardware and software, the biggest flaw in Apple right now, other than going, getting cheap with the storage space, is their services suck compared to Google and Amazon. Yes. It's just, it doesn't work the way it's supposed to most mm-hmm. of the time, um, especially if you're a power user. And you're experiencing this right now. And I've been saying this for a long time. <clears throat> Apple, don't come out with a new iPhone. Don't come out with a new iPad. Don't come out with a new Mac for a year and take all those people and make your cloud system work. work. Thank you. Yeah. I totally yeah. I applaud you for saying yeah. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They're, they're yeah. horrible about it. And all mm-hmm. you have to do is look at Google. Hell, all you have to do is look at Dropbox. Yeah. Uh, Dropbox. I can't live without my Dropbox. Exactly. Does Apple have an equivalent of Dropbox that anybody actually uses? No. Why? Because Apple's services suck when it comes to that. Oh, it's just in the cloud. No, I, I, I want to see it. I want to know that it's working. I don't yeah. want doubles or triples or six times of something as simple as a photo. How stupid are your services that I can't figure out you've just given me six versions of the same photo? Yeah. For no apparent reason. I've done nothing on my end that would cause this. And then, and while they're waiting to fix those things that whole year, why don't they work on iTunes? Because it sucks. Every time they make a change, they make it worse. Well, that's a, that's a different beast. Here's the, here's the issue. Uh, they, they basically built everything around iTunes that's been successful. The iPad, the iPhone, mm-hmm. uh, all your music, all your video. Um, it's all based around iTunes. So how do they... Right. How do they separate? What they should have done is had a different app to sync, you know, your devices rather than iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, they should have had a different app for your music compared to your videos. Those are two different things. You do two different things with them. Um, but they didn't. And they just kept piling on more and more and more. And now it's the, a three-legged creaky chair <laughs> that everyone uses. And it's essential. But it's no mean feat for them to start from scratch. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I told I would monster. rather I would rather them not come out with another device <coughs> until they straighten this out. I because, agree. You know, when you look at your photos and you see, oh my god, I have twenty two thousand photos. I mean, yeah, I have a lot of photos, but when I go back, I realize that almost every photo from a year ago and beyond are all triplicates. Or, or, you know, I have four or five versions of them. I'm thinking, this is crazy. So I really don't have that many photos on my phone. But it's, you know, and again, 
I went, I spent one day, I wasted a whole day that I'll never get back trying to delete all of the duplicates. And you do and, it, and then the next day they're back. Then they're back, exactly. yeah. That's the reason why I stopped doing it. This I'm is just gonna have to trip I, I'm having that problem with Safari. This is one of the reasons I stopped using for Safari. Uh, for whatever reason, every bookmark was three times. So you, you know you, in Safari you get all your bookmarks in your mm-hmm. uh, menu bar right there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they triplicated themselves, and I'm using triplicated because Suze in, just invented that term, so I like <laughs> it. Um, and so one day I was so frustrated, I went in and I deleted every single duplicate, and I cleaned up a lot of the junk that I never was visiting anymore anyways, just kind of cleaning up bookmarks. And I spent probably two hours of doing this, and then I dutifully – Synced my iPad, a couple iPads, all my phones, everything. So everything was completely in sync. The next day, they're all back. Oh, Every yeah. one of them. Yeah. And, and I no idea why. I didn't. I, no. I, there, it's broken. No iCloud is completely broken. And Apple just does not admit it. I mean, they were deleting people's songs just a year ago. Yeah, people seem yeah. to forget this already. Yeah, that I, happened to me. I had none of my music, and I had to call them and scream at them. And then they I, they said, well, we give you this one-time chance to download all your stuff again. I said, what do you mean my one-time chance? This is my song. My, I bought this. You're this not going to hold hostage. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's another problem I have with them, too. But, uh, you know. Apple acts like they're not culpable in this, and they're a hundred percent culpable. Yeah. Well, if you went and you edited something, you know what? It's my music. I get to do whatever I want with it. Yeah. I use your software because listen, you guys sold me on this idea of I buy this and it's on all my devices. Well, guess yeah. what? It's completely gone. Where is it? Oh well, I uh, <clears throat> no, that's they, not good enough. They gave yeah. me a different version of what I bought when I used iTunes Match. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate iTunes Match. Which I had. I did it one. I just did it for the one year. And to mm-hmm. update some of my, some of my songs, and I got like that's not the version I I uploaded to you. I don't want the remastered. I want exactly what I gave. Yeah. You. Oh, even worse than that, um, I got. Uh, I was really into Elton John a couple. Well, about the time that the whole streaming music and all that junk started, and I canceled. By the way, I'm like, no, I don't want this. Um, for whatever reason, iTunes decided. Oh, this is in this album? Nah, I'm going to make this part of the Greatest Hits album. Mm-hmm. And it just changed the metadata in my music. So instead of this mm-hmm. album that has nine songs, three songs are missing because iTunes decided mm, it doesn't belong in this album. It should be part of the Greatest Hits. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah I've, I've had that too. Plus, I also had the clean version of, of CeeLo, Forget You, but it uh-huh. gave me the explicit version. Mm. It's like, why would you give me the explicit yeah. When it's, I had the clean version. Yeah, you would my, think you know, that my little was, children it, listening to this. Yeah, you'd be think that they would be very careful about stuff like that. Yeah, because well, I'm just listening one day and all of a sudden I hear them use the, you know, explicit words and I was like, whoa, where'd that come from? That's not what I bought. Yeah. Well, here's the other aspect of this conversation is that Apple is making a big public show of fighting the FBI, fighting the federal government to protect our data, which I'm totally down with. <laughs> I think they're totally yeah. in the right, but they don't yep. seem to have the respect for my data as I do. How, how about you You listen to yourself for once, Apple, and respect what I'm doing with my data and stop screwing around with it, stop hiding it, stop accidentally deleting it, stop changing the metadata. This is my data. Mm-hmm. Stop screwing around and giving me six versions of the same photo. I'm glad you're fighting for my privacy, but data integrity for us, the users, is just as important as security. Do you think this is a Tim Cook problem, or do you think Steve Jobs would have 
been on top of this. And no, said, it's it was, everyone's trying to put Steve Jobs on a pedestal. Tim Cook's doing no, this. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I, I understand, but I'm saying it has the least problems when he was alive. Yeah, they yeah. had just as many problems with Steve yeah. Jobs alive. There was, you know, look, they made some really boneheaded mistakes. Look, the first iPhone came out in four gig and eight gig, and the yeah. four gig they got rid of that really quickly because it simply wasn't enough. It was kind of a joke. Yeah. Um, so Apple has always had a history of doing really dumb things like this. Their whole cloud services thing, this isn't new. Anybody remember iWorks? Yeah. I mean, that was oh, their yeah, first yeah, yeah. version of that. I had it. It didn't work. It didn't Apple's work. always sucked. At, every, people are saying, well, look, this is a new thing for Apple. No, it's not. They were doing iWorks before there was even a Google. I mean, it, this iTools. is nothing new for iTools. iTools. Absolutely. That was the first one. Mm-hmm. And Mobile me. Mobile, well, no, that came later. But <laughs> I, she's right. iTools was, I believe, the very first one. And it sucked. And Apple has got marginally better. But young upstarts like Dropbox, like Evernote. Yeah, do you use Evernote? You make one change in Evernote and it's on all of them. Oh, Works flawlessly. Um, Google services work. Amazon. If you're an Amazon Prime member, how much do you love that? And it just works. Everything's synced. If I'm watching a movie on my Mac and I go and sit down and watch it on my Fire TV, guess what? Picks up right yep. where I left mm-hmm. off. It yep. does. You know, uh, Netflix works perfectly. Mm-hmm. Why can't Apple have online services that just work? I mean, I agree. The, the reason that we're talking about it is because there's a dysfunction within Apple that they seem to think it's okay. We'll charge a premium price for these hardware items. Uh, we'll get. Skimpy with the RAM. We'll get skimpy with the hard drive space. You won't notice. Wink, wink. We're the best in the world. We make all this money. Wink, wink. Uh, oh, but all the services that kind of power all of our devices, Macs, iPads, iWatches, iPhones, eh, it really doesn't work. But that's okay. We're just going to pretend that it's not happening. I, I agree with you, Tim, because the thing is, is you know, they are a spectacular company in many, many ways. But... I think they they pander to the crowd, you know, about you were saying about the security and I'm glad I'm glad they are fighting for, you know, uh, uh, security or, or data um, and the environment that those were all good things. But you're right. It's it's a disconnect between their software and their their devices, because you if you're going to pres- give us these incredible devices that we want to buy. You've got to you've got to have solid, robust software to back it up, and th- you can't mm. tell me that Apple doesn't have a team there that can't figure out these problems, and that we are the only ones it's happening to. When I go on the Apple forums, I know I'm not the only one that's having major issues with triplicating and y- you know photos and you know music not working, and you write into the forum, they're like, oh yeah, we're we're looking into this, we're working. Well, that doesn't tell me anything. That doesn't yeah, tell me anything at all. The, is, the issue, I think, for for us, it, it's very apparent. And I think it's to a lot of people. Most people think, oh, yeah, it seems to be working okay. Or just give them time. They'll get it fixed. Well, here's the thing. It's not sexy. It's nothing that you could put in a keynote and make Tim Cook look really good. The new shiny thing. Um, it's yeah. not going to be reported on USA yeah. Today, the Wall Street Journal, and CNN.com. That Apple just rolled out a brand new cloud service that actually just works. It's completely transparent and users won't even notice that it's working in the background because it just works. Those things aren't sexy, but it should be a priority. You know how you can get me to applaud if I was in the audience? 
if the next thing, you know, that last thing he's going to add on at the end of the show was that we we fixed all of those things we just talked about. I would scream. I would dance. I would buy stock in Apple. You know, if they did that. I think all they need to do is for their next big presentation is say, thanks for coming. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, Oh, by the way, um, I do have one more thing. Uh, We want to let you guys know, all the press, everybody know, we're not going to come out with any new products for the next 12 months. Zero new products because we're going to take all of our engineering know-how and really work on the back end on the technology scale. We're going to work on our services. We're going to work on their operating systems. We're just going to go back and start fixing a lot of the things. Now, is there a precedence for this? Yes. Apple's done this before. Steve Jobs said this. This is our operating system with no new features. And everybody applauded. Yay! Because they're spending a year fixing things and making exactly. it better. Instead of adding new features and you know, maybe 10% of the people gave a crap about. Um, and that's why this, to me, this last keynote was a non-event. There was nothing that came out that would have generated more excitement if it was a keynote or just a press release. Nothing. That, that's what I said the last episode when we were doing our Apple bashing. Stop coming out with iOS 10, iOS 10.12, whatever the next one is. Work on what we've got. Make that work. Well, they'll say that the point one, point two, point three is proof that they're doing that, except they're really not because this the last point release, oh, look, here's three or four new things on iOS. Well, fix what was there before that's still an issue. Well, a yep. point release is okay. I'm talking about like brand new. We're on iOS 9. Don't give us iOS 10 until cloud is working, iTunes is working, music streaming is working. When everything is working, or at least 98% working, here's the- give us the new. Right. Here's the issue. Apple's marketing team seems to be in charge of the company, and I think they have been for a very long time, and they don't have a strong presence like Steve Jobs that could push back against the marketing team and say, no, I don't think Tim Cook seems to be that person. Um, And the reason is the marketing team needs something to sell every year. So when they said, we're going to have a brand new version of iOS and macOS every single year, this is going to catch up with them. This is going to come back to really bite them. Because they need to stop this artificial calendar of every 12 months, there has to be a new operating system for the iPhone and the iPad and the Mac. And No, there doesn't have to be a brand new one. Just slow down a little bit and make what you have work better. That will keep customers from switching. That will make your customer base happier. Um, But it's it's not sexy. And it's also difficult for the developers. Because every time there's something brand new, that means they have to go in and change their app, which might mean making a brand new app, which means more money. And some of the customers say, I just paid for this. I don't want to pay for this again. It's only been a year. Do you know how many defunct apps there are now? I mean, Mm -hmm. in the app store? I mean, it's amazing. Look, I I think that you're right. The developers have a hard time keeping up with these iOS and macOS releases. Uh, all you have to really do is look at the Mac App Store, and it's almost a ghost town compared to the iTunes iOS store. Um, and I also think, from my perspective, someone that's been writing about and publishing in the Mac universe for, what, 21 years now, the developers don't get enough attention. It's always about the hardware. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these developers, personally, I want to bring more attention to them. One of the things that we started at MyMac.com Every Wednesday, we have something called Spotlight, and we've done four of them so far, and I've already got the next five in the queue ready to go. 
And I want to start bringing more attention to developers um, because let's be honest, they're the rock stars of this industry and they just don't get any attention. People like Tim Cook get the attention. And as great as the Mac is and the iPhone and the iPad, as great as these things are, they're nothing without the developers. They're literally yeah. nothing. Remember the first iPhone? Yeah. How, how well did that sell? Not that well because it was only the apps that Apple shipped with it. It wasn't until they mm-hmm. came out with the Windows version with a store, with the App Store, that it really, really exploded. And yeah. I personally think that if Apple really wants to help developers, they need to slow down a little bit. I agree with you, Tim. Uh, Tim, I agree with you, Tim. Oh, yeah, it is Tim. It is Tim. <laughs> I, just, I, I just had a brain. Oops. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I yeah. was saying, though, before, um, so many of my favorite apps are not being supported anymore. The developers, you're absolutely right, Tim. They cannot keep up with all of the iOS. They have to you know, constantly update these apps. And you figure if you pay a couple bucks for an app and then, you know, they're updating to iOS 7. They're updating to iOS 7.2. They're updating to iOS. Where's their money coming from? They're doing all these updates. They're doing the, the work for this to work with the operating system. And eventually, they, I think they finally give up and you have a really great app that goes by the wayside. I can't tell you how many developers I've emailed and to ask, are you going to continue to support this app? You know, what can we do? I'll, I'll you know, come out with another version. I'll, I'll pay for another version of it. It's so good. Um, it must be so frustrating for them. And I think you're right. They are the rock stars. And what Apple did, which was an extreme disservice to the developers, Apple. is they had in the app store, when the app store first started, they had, you could check all the new apps of the day. I mean, you just would scroll down and you see all these new apps and it was a great way because when you're talking about, what, a million apps in the App Store, how do you get visibility? And so they took that feature away. Now they have the best-selling apps, they, but they don't have new apps that have just come out. And if you're a developer, to get on the main page of the App Store, you have to pay for that. Those are sponsored. So I, Not all of them. Not all of them, but you know, for um, some of the new featured apps... Some of the developers say they have to pay for that. Yep. Mm. So. And you know, the, the thing is, though, it's not just Apple or, or the developers. Um, it's, there's a lot of different angles to this. A- as a publisher myself, um, we don't do enough reviews of apps for the Mac or iOS to bring attention to the really good ones or to warn people away from using the bad ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because we're a free publication. None of the writers are paid. Um, so it's a volunteer thing. So there's not enough websites out there covering this industry to really make the consumer informed. That's a big problem. Mm -hmm. The flip side of that is why, why don't we pay our writers stuff like that? Because the app developers, the big ones and the small ones don't want to pay for advertising. They don't want to spend the money to market their product. And then they wonder why it failed. Well, yeah. you did nothing to market it except you made a Facebook page, a Twitter account, where there's four likes on Facebook and you have 150 followers on Twitter, and you're wondering why you know it's failing because you didn't spend any money on marketing. Well, I'm just a small developer. I just made this. Well, yeah, you made this app thinking you were going to become a millionaire overnight. You're going to keep all the money and right off into the sunset, except you didn't support the community that's reporting on this. You didn't support 
You didn't do anything to let customers know that your product's out there. Mm. You didn't put yourself out there for interviews. You didn't contact a bunch of websites trying to get a review. You didn't do any of these things. You just assumed that you were going to be rich. And it didn't happen because guess what? There's a million apps a day released on this platform. Mm-hmm. You well, know? That, don't you remember when app, um, Apple used to say there's an app for that? They don't uh, highlight the apps anymore either. So uh, I don't well, know Apple what's going has, on, but that's, app, that's what's so great about yeah. the product. It's the apps that run on it. You yeah. know? But they have, to, they have to do – look, if Apple's making this much money and they're still taking 30% of these developers' cut – Maybe they they don't take any cut unless an app makes let's say over a hundred thousand dollars. You think yeah. that would help the smaller developers? Look, we know your apps aren't selling into the millions of dollars the way you know Flappy Birds is, for instance. So what we're going to do to really try to encourage the smaller developers, unless your app makes two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, we're not going to take any cut. You get a hundred percent of it. I once think you that break would be that two hundred fifty thousand. Mark, yep. then we'll take our 30%. And Apple can afford that. Oh, Apple, can Apple afford won't that. hurt at all. Are you kidding? Yep. With as much money as they have in the bank, they could go nope. zero for yeah. five years and they would still make making a profit. Yeah. yeah. They, that's a way Apple could, on both Mac and iOS app stores, take no money until they hit a certain threshold. Yeah. Because you know what? I've been very disappointed in the apps that have come out. And granted, you know, there ha- there are some gems. There are really some gems that do come out. Is the in-app purchases? I'm getting tired of buying an app for four dollars, but you it's you can't unlock the entire app and all the filters and everything unless you pay another three or four. I mean, when you think, well, okay, that's not so bad. It's that's okay, not the app. Know. That's not the developer's fault, though. I they're, know, but because they're it, scrambling trying to figure out how to make money, because in some respects, it is the developer's fault because they've now conditioned. The buying public that the apps either ninety nine cents, <laughs> 99 cents yeah. uh, or it's a super premium product which aren't selling well, or it's free but with that caveat, there's things you can unlock. So you can use it, and if you like it, then you can spend a couple bucks and unlock it. Here's the problem: people will use these apps, games, photo apps, what have you, uh, but they they never unlock the other features because it's good enough the way it is, and I don't have to pay any money. Mm-hmm. You know, or, I was playing Pac-Man 256. I thought it was a great game. It was free to download. Anyone could download it and play it. But if you wanted to continue, it cost 99 cents. Well, you don't have to play it with a continue. You just start over when you die, right? Right. Well, I wanted to support the company that made this great game. So I spent the 99 cents because that's really the only way, the only way we consumers can show these developers, I really like your product. So here's yeah. some money. Yeah. I've done that too to unlock ads. Yeah. Or to, you know, yeah. to, to get the ad free version. You know, mm-hmm. Give me, give yeah. me $1.99, the ads are gone. This is a great app. I use it every day. Here's your $2. And I'm not, I'm not adverse to that. I always, you know, if I think it's a great app, I will always buy the full version. Not even, I don't bat an eyelash. But here's the caveat when you have 500 apps on your phone or 400, and you're paying a lot, you know, you're paying 99 cents, 98, and then you're paying $7 here to unlock it. It adds up. I mean, it does add yeah. up. That's that's the complaint. Yeah, but that you when don't I have to have 500 apps. No, you don't. Yes, yeah. yes, you do have no, to have don't. 500, Tim. No. How, do you, how are you using all of those? <laughs> if you use each one of those 500 apps for only five minutes a week, you would never do anything else. <laughs> no, no, see, Ever. That's not, that's not true. That's absolutely not true because I a lot of them are photo and art apps. I will admit that. 
And I do have some game apps, but you know, a lot of them are like language apps, you know, for my French. Um, but you don't use those all the time. I, I use my French apps every single day. Yes, I do. Every day. I have all a, of them? Well, maybe not all of them, but I have to have them <laughs> on my device. I can't live without them. I cannot live without my apps. I, do. I can count on one hand how many apps I have. I got part down because I wasn't using them. You and have I, to. I got some that I didn't even know I bought. And when I look on it, I said, I know why. I. You know I, what made me stop care. doing that, Vicky? was when I would go to iTunes and I would click the apps and the updates and there's a page of 87 apps to be updated i'm like jesus and then i actually stopped and i looked at those 87 ads and there was three of them that i actually use on a weekly Mm -hmm. basis let alone daily yeah that's the reason why i got like i got i'm only using 50 percent of my 128 gigabyte most of that is music and very few apps those apps that i have i do use on a regular basis i think Mm -hmm. i got maybe 14 on here and i do use them consistently you know i don't want to be a digital hoarder anymore I don't either. Yeah, I definitely was. I do. I do. But then you can't sit there and complain about all the in-app purchases that you feel compelled to support, to to pay for, to support these developers. No, because, no, and I'm not, I'm not complaining about that, actually. I'm just complaining that it just seems like every single app, it's that way. But, and it didn't used to be, it only used to be certain apps that would have an in-app purchase. And I never had an issue with that. It just seems like every single app you download now. Has it in that purchase? Okay. That, because that's okay. the developers are trying to get you to download it because they can't figure out any other way I know. I know. to make and money. And that's right. because they're not paying any money in marketing. You know well, what? They're just not. But, that, but Apple is not supporting them either because of, the, like I said before, is at least uh, before right. they would have some visibility in the App Store when they had all the brand new apps coming out. Yeah, but if they the even just did the brand new apps on a daily basis... <laughs> When you're talking about twenty thousand new apps a day, yeah, you it, it's it's unattainable. You can't you, you can't a scroll a list for that. In a, no, no, in no. A, but it, it's all categorized, so you could see the new photo apps, the new you know. Uh, right. So there's a thousand apps. new ones a day. Yeah. It's but too you know, much. I don't. I don't think you want to scroll through a thousand of them. I don't think there's any huge money makers. I don't think people are like a Rovio where you come out with Angry Birds and bam, you know, you know, you're instant millionaires or like a Hipstamatic. I think the I think it's a lot harder to to come out with an app that you're going to make a million dollars on. I, I right. think I think the, the best way to do that is to let people know your app is out there, which is yeah. marketing. That's I mean, true. I'll give you a prime example. Any of you name five different Android phones right now? Brands. Uh, Galaxy. No, 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 no. The brand Galaxy is Samsung. Samsung. Okay, Samsung. LG. Uh, LG makes a Windows phone. Try again. I have no clue. I exactly. Have no- <laughs> you know why? Because they don't market. But here's the thing. Yeah. There's over 120 Android makers out there. Wow. But you can't name them. Why? Because they don't are, they, they're not marketing. Who does market? Apple. And Samsung. Yeah. You, but, you knew but, Galaxy. Why did you know the Galaxy brand? Because they I, advertise it. Because they market it. And I, I don't know, know why these app developers don't think that I, the rules of commerce apply to them. It I, absolutely think they, does. I think they think they're marketing. They, they, I worked for a company that had an app, and they said, put it in the iTunes store. That's our marketing. I said, what? Exactly. <laughs> and, they're they don't not, know they're they, and they are no longer in business, okay? <laughs> right. Well, here's the difference. You know, you could be a, the, the best developer in the world, but if no one knows what you're doing, so what? Yeah. You, you, you can't run a business 
just because you know how to make an amp. Those no, those are right. two separate things. We can do now, we not, could do one in maybe fifteen minutes. Right now, it won't be a good one, but <laughs> and you wouldn't make no money off of it. Well, well you anybody. probably actually you probably would. Why? Because you have a platform in Three Geeky Ladies. You yeah, have a platform true. with all the podcasts and the Stoplight Network that you know darn well is going to advertise it for you. Yeah. We own MyMac.com. We could put an ad up there. It wouldn't cost you a dime. But mm-hmm. you're in the minority when it comes to that kind of thing. If yeah. you develop an app and you're a one-man team, you cannot expect to become a millionaire. Now, you invested your in your time to learn how to program. You invested mm-hmm. in your time to make this app. Why can't you invest a little money and a marketing budget. We're not talking about ten thousand no. dollars, but if you go to some of the Mac websites out there, or some of the websites that cover um, iOS or macOS or whatever it is, whatever that category that fits your product, and you say, "Hey, I'm a small developer. I don't have a lot of money, but I do have two hundred bucks to give you if you guys can advertise this product for me." Yep. Yep. You're you know right, how many Tim. websites would go? Sure, absolutely. You're a small guy. Two hundred bucks is you know it's nothing, but yeah, I'm happy to do it. And how much more successful would their product be? A lot? I don't know. But I, I could tell you darn well right now, nobody's doing that. No, there have been some developers, like with some art apps or photo apps, that have done that. You know, they it's have been successful. The, yes, they have. They've gotten the word out there. They've they've created a little bit of a hype. Yep. And I've been fortunate, you know, when I was um, doing the Pocket Size podcast, reviewing apps. You know, sometimes the developers would say, listen, here's a promo code. Could you just give, give an honest review what you think of the app? Or if there's yep. any problems, let me know. It was wonderful, you know, yep. because I said, well, I think this is a little slow. I think maybe if you added this. And they really took that feedback. I felt that they were listening, number one, because they would update the app and, and listen to people's feedback. But secondly, you were giving a chance to a small-time developer that came out with a really good photo app that you mm-hmm. wanted to make sure people used and you got the word out. So, no, I agree with you, Tim. Look, Mark, I, that has to be. There, uh, there's people out there that want to talk about their apps. They're, they're always looking for good apps and they want to help get the word out. That's why I started my Mac magazine back in 1995. I had a brand-new Mac. I was new to the Mac platform. I couldn't find a lot of stuff online, and online was AOL and eWorld, um, that really helped me. And I had people asking me questions, what apps am I using? What applications am I using? What shareware apps am I using? What's worth downloading? And that's why I started my Mac 21 years ago, to inform the other people out there of what's worth your time, your money, uh, your energy to download and and use. And that hasn't changed. We're still in the same boat. People who buy iPhones, people who buy Android, people who buy Windows machines, they still need to know what software is worth downloading. Because that's yeah. what we buy these machines for, is for the software that runs on them. And when you see co- uh, companies like Mac Addict go away, Macworld Magazine fold, you wonder, well, if more people are buying Macs than ever bought Macs before, how can a publication that focuses on that audience fail? How, how does that happen? That's true. That's a really good point. That's a very, very good point. You know, and look, my Mac's not going anywhere. My goal is to outlast every other Mac publication in the world. 
You're on the way. You're already there, I think. Uh, No, uh, Macintosh uh, has been publishing for one or two years longer, and Tidbits has been going for five years longer. Mm. So there's two that are actually older than my Mac, and I don't count Macworld.com because um, it's it's a shadow of its former self, and they'll be gone probably within the next two years as well. Um, But for me, it's always been about the listener when I'm recording a show, uh, the the reader when I'm doing a review. I've always taken their side. I've never taken the hardware manufacturer, the software manufacturer. I've never taken their side when I'm doing a review or when I'm talking about a product or when we're sitting here talking about Apple services. Look, we all love Apple products. We all buy them. Suze's buying the brand new iPad, right? Yes. Uh, Vicky is thinking about it. Next Thursday. Next Thursday it comes. Right. So we're all thinking about buying these next new things. Apple's still going to get our money. So why do we criticize them the way we do? Because we're passionate about them. So when we say Apple services are terrible, it's not Apple bashing. It's not jumping on a dead horse like if you know we were talking about BlackBerry or something. This is about passionate power users who know what we can do with these things and how much better it can be. And we're concerned about our fellow users out there, what they're using with. We want to let them know what's worth it. Hey, this is a really cool app. You have to check this out. Here's a really fun game, and it's free. And download it and play it. And if you like it, you're going to have to pay 99 cents. But it's totally worth it. Don't even worry about that 99 cents. Just pay it. You're going to be happy. Uh, We become passionate advocates for these platforms. And it's really frustrating for us when we see the obvious things being ignored, like Apple services, like uh, app developers not spending any money on marketing and then folding with really good apps going away and not supporting them anymore because they're not getting paid because they're not spending any money in marketing the product. It's really frustrating for us, and we would love to see that change. Unfortunately, we just don't seem to have all the answers. <laughs> That's true. No, uh, what you say is absolutely true, Tim. And I don't know because if you look at big corporations – they, they have a marketing team. I mean, everything, you're absolutely right, is about marketing. It's about getting their product there. It's about sales. And it shouldn't be any different. Even if you're a software developer, you have to have some type of, um, at least in the initial stages, and, and unless it catches on like an angry bird or a flappy bird like wildfire. But those are few and far between. And I agree. Why would you not take the forums that are out there for Mac and for Apple products? And say, you know what? Can you can you market my product a little bit? Can can you interview me if I give you, you know? Can can you feature me? I mean, you, I think you have to have a marketing budget in this day and age. You have to. It's, that, it's it's not any different between this day and age and any other business is business, and it hasn't changed in a hundred years. I mean, and, and people seem to think that. All they have to do is release this really cool app, and it could be the greatest game ever. It could be the best photo editing app ever. And they can't figure out why it hasn't succeeded because you didn't set yourself up for success. You set yourself up for failure. I say this day and age is because information is so easily disseminated between Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Which makes it even more important for you to get the word out in a way because now you're competing with everybody else. Everybody has the same level playing field. Everybody does. So, so if everyone is screaming from the rooftops, check out my app, how do you get ahead? You have to spend a little bit of money. And I understand a lot of these developers, most of them, don't have money for a marketing budget. 
So it, don't make have, the app in the begin with. Don't waste your time because you're not going to be successful because you're not setting yourself up for success. You're just not. Have you noticed that other products besides uh, software are, are like, for instance, uh, shampoo companies? They use YouTube. There are a sure. lot of women out there doing their own hair. You know, literally. There, there's all and they kinds have of different followings. Ways. And they yeah. actually give them their product yep. and they sample it. They even give free, they give free samples of the products to their listeners. There, all kinds of stuff. Very innovative ways you can go about yes. getting your product. Yeah. Very yeah. innovative ways. And yeah. unless you're willing to and look, I'm not even talking about when I say marketing, I don't mean just necessarily advertising dollars. It it could be you going on forums of like minded consumers and talking about your products there. It could be putting yourself out to a place like my Mac and go, hey, I see you're doing the spotlight on all these developers and people. Uh, would you like to do one on me? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's or, putting or yourself just out. Just create a YouTube video demonstrating your product. I find very few products do that. Yeah, but the ones that do, and you go find them. I'll give you a prime example of this, Vicky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got this new coffee. You know what? I'm not even going to guess what it is. Let me pull it up real quick. Uh, it, it, Elisa, well, you guys are all friends on mine on Facebook, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I saw it. it. That was your espresso cappuccino yeah, machine. Yeah, it's a DeLonghi. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, super latte. Blah blah blah. <laughs> um, it looks really cool. I've never used a machine like this. It kind of scares me, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> you know, we have a coffee machine that you put the things at the top, and you tell it at five thirty a.m. start brewing, and then I just stick my coffee mug under there, and it comes right in. Mm-hmm. Easy peasy. This thing is a lot more complex. I looked at the manual. I still don't know how to use a damn thing. So I jumped on YouTube. The only stuff I could find is marketing stuff, like a review. And none of them have more than, say, 50 views. Yeah. So so they're putting it up on YouTube, but nobody is watching it. So they, you have to do something to get the word out about your product. If you're not willing to invest the time to help get the word out, as you did in making the product to begin with, then don't make the product because it's it's futile or futile. <laughs> like resistance, <laughs> futile. Yes. Or just say it in triplicate. There you go. <laughs> it's tri- triplicated. Triplicated. <laughs> so before we wrap up, does anyone have anything else I'd like to add? Yeah, I want to apologize for monopolizing the microphone. <laughs> Oh, no. It's not like I have my own show. It's wonderful uh, having you on, Tim. (laughs) Yeah. No, it really is. Thank you for coming on. It's nice getting different points of view. And for me, it's nice that I'm talking to someone other than David. (laughs) (laughs) I hope, David, you're not listening, are you, David? (laughs) Well, I'll I'll make sure uh, when I do Tech Fan tomorrow uh, to promote that I was on Three Geeky Ladies. Mm-hmm. That's great. So yeah, that was a great segue. If Tim, if you want to let people know how they can get in touch with you and some of the things that you do on the internet. Uh, I started MyMac Magazine back in 1995. We're still going strong. Uh, it's at MyMac.com. It's actually, that's the place that, for instance, the Three Geeky Ladies podcast is actually hosted. Um, Stoplight Network is a collection of various podcasts that have one thing in common, we promote each other's shows. Um, Three Geeky Ladies is part of the Stoplight Network you heard at the beginning of the show. Tech Fan is part of that. The MyMac Podcast, uh, Geekiest Show Ever is part of that. Um, and you could find me at a lot of those different shows, a lot of those pages. But on Twitter, I'm at MyMac, and uh, I'm on Facebook. 
and your Tech Fan Podcast. Tech Fan Podcast, yep. Mm-hmm. Been doing well. that for over five years now. Wow. Wow. I know. Time flies when you're having fun. It is. You know, the funny thing is I've been doing Tech Fan longer than I did the MyMac Podcast at this point. Oh. Wow. I know. That's really weird for me. And it was the MyMac Podcast that got me involved with all of this from the start because I me won a too. prize. Me too. I won a prize. And did you really win a prize? I won a prize. You had called me. In fact, our conversation oh. got cut off because Skype <laughs> crapped out on you. I remember that. Um, but we were talking for about 10 minutes and just going about my history with computers and whatnot. And I think the day after the show was published, I got an email from John Nemo saying, I like you. Would you like to write for me? Or write for the, <laughs> yeah. the website. And, I yeah. like you. You're pretty. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, here, we, here we are. I think it's been like yeah. five years. I think it's been about five years now. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, as you're talking, I'm trying to look this up really quick. It's going to yeah, take yes. me a second. I think it was 2010. Tim, did uh, you come from a PC? I mean, did you, did you have a PC first? And No, I started with, I, you know, I used um, PCs at different jobs and stuff like that. Right. But my first computer was a Macintosh Performa 405. Wow. And and the reason for that uh, is, is pretty simple. I looked on uh, different magazines and stuff like that because I wanted to know – I was scared to death of computers. I wanted to know which one I should get. What What is the computer I should get if I don't know anything about computers? And – the Mac just kind of uh, kept coming up. This is the one to get. It's the most intuitive. It's this, that, and the other. And I thought, you know what? I, I'm so scared of this thing. I'm going to get the computer that's the easiest to use. And the reason I was buying a computer is because my daughter was about to be born, um, and who's, by the way, 21 now. And I wanted. I knew she was going to need to use computers, unlike me growing up in the 70s. Um, I knew she was going to need to know what to do on a computer. So the best way to do that and not being afraid of it is to buy a computer and have it in the house. And honestly, I, I fell in love with it. It was just, it was amazing. And I understood it, the Mac intuitively um, in a way that I never really understood another computer before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, you know, I, I've, I've owned PCs. I, I'm sitting next to two PCs right now. But when it comes to what I use on a daily basis, it's it's a Mac for a reason. I agree with you because my husband has always – he's been in the tech industry for a long time like you. And um, he when he brought home a PC, I said, I'm never going to use that. I am never using that. So he thought, okay, this is ridiculous. After six months and he's typing up, I would give him – I was president of an art group at the time and I would just give him – my newsletter and say, can you type this up for me? He said, you can do this. I said, no, I'm not going near a computer. And he bought me the game Mist, and I became <laughs> so addicted to Mist, and it got yeah, me clicking. It got me clicking and pointing. And then, you know, that was just wonderful. But the only thing I really hated when I went back to art school in the early 2000s, you know, in in college we used Macs because graphically they were fabulous for creative endeavors. And, you know, Illustrator ran fast on it. Photoshop was wonderful. And I would come home and, and, you know, use put it on a floppy. That's how long ago that was. And put my files in there on my PC. And it was just so slow compared to the Mac. And I hated defragging. And I hated to have mm-hmm. Maccabee and have to do the virus scan, you know, every oh, Sunday yeah. night. And mm-hmm. 
you know, when you when you wanted to get rid of a, a software application, you couldn't just throw it in the trash. You had to go in the registry and make sure all the components were were gone. Once I graduated in 2005, I got a uh, PowerBook and I never looked back. I yeah. and my husband, you know, he likes using the Mac. He loves, you know, he loves the products and. Um, it's wonderful. I, I, I like you, Tim, it's just, it's so intuitive, you know, it's just, they make it easy. I think the interface yeah. is so easy, yeah. but yet, but yet if you want to go, I mean, you have, of course, computer geeks, you know, like my son that, you know, he's a, uh, he's a software engineer and he uses a Mac at work. And so, I mean, I think what's nice, it's very well-rounded. Now he's a gamer, so he would always have a PC because of his gaming, but, um, I don't know. I I I think it's a wonderful product. I mean, my I have to say though, my Mac, this Mac has been an issue. I think I got a lemon because I've already had it arc on me. I it's slower than molasses and it's only a year and a half old. So yeah, that's not good. Sounds like you got a bad Mac, and it happens. I mean, it's yeah. it's a piece of equipment. You can get a bad one. By the I, way, Alyssa, I cannot find it's my Mac Podcast two fifty eight two thousand two fifty eight two thousand nine. Wow. 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 I was just listening to you guys. 2009. How did you uh, find me, Vicki? Oh, um, I wrote, I think, to, uh, I guess you guys had a Facebook page. You still do. I'm sorry. (laughs) We do. (laughs) And uh, uh, we had a new release of of the Mac OS. And then I responded about how I fixed the problem. And then Nemo saw me. And I was friends with with, um. Um, gosh, I, I'm, I'm going to give him a brain freeze. <laughs> I was friends with um, our big guy. The guy. Guy. This <laughs> our big guy. This guy. <laughs> I was friends with Guy. And uh, so I, I, I responded and he said, oh, yeah, it's a good idea. And we, we, we were going back and forth. And uh, Nemo saw it and said, hey, uh, told him that, hey, get in contact with her and See if she wants to write for my Mac. And I was just like, oh, my God, you guys are like my my heroes. I love you guys. Because <laughs> I have been listening to all of your podcasts. Um, and you know what? When you left um, the My Mac podcast, I was sad. I was like, this is not going to be the same. I'm not listening to this anymore. <laughs> it's not. It isn't the same. And, by, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it had to change because I wasn't yeah. there. And yeah. a lot of people, I got questions. I still get questions. Do you kind of give Guy and Gaz, you know, I'd, I'd prefer if you guys did this on the show. No. Um, yes, I still own the MyMac podcast technically, but it's their show. They do whatever they want with it within some guidelines. You know, I don't want them advertising porn or or uh, gambling sites and, you know, try to keep it family friendly to a certain extent. But other than that, go to town. Have fun with it. Do whatever you want. Um, Vicky, when, or uh, Elisa, Alyssa, when you won 258, you said? Mm-hmm. You want a McAlley EcoFan? Still use it. Do you really? Wow. <laughs> what is it? Is it a true you fan? Put your, you put your laptop on. It's like a little stand, so it, it elevates the, oh. the MacBook. Oh. But it also has a fan, mm. which really isn't necessary anymore. But you could take the fan. You could take this um, yeah. this little US, this little cord and plug it into USB, and it turns the fan on, so it mm. keeps it cool. Hmm. Oh, cool. That's cool. Yeah, so I, you know, it's funny. I love Mac Alley products. I mean, I've reviewed a lot for my Mac, and they've all been really good. That was towards the end of me doing the MyMac podcast. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to say it was September. Yeah, it was September somewhere. 18th, 2009. Yeah, somewhere there. Um, McAlley EcoFan Contest winners announced. Then David, Guy, and Tim. So two of the three guys are now on TechFan, and, and Guy is still there at MyMac. Have a long and lively discussion on ethics, conflict of interest, and integrity in the technology press. <laughs> so it's we're kind of doing that here today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I remember, yep, I remember that are. conversation because I was yelling at the screen because I completely at the the iPod because I completely mm-hmm. disagreed with David's point of view. But yeah. I understand where he was coming from, but I disagreed with it. I don't even remember. I'm going to have to go listen to that now because I want to hear that conversation between you and I. That's that's too funny. And you know, here's the thing. <laughs> Um, that was 256 episodes in. That's not, that wasn't a daily show. That was a weekly show. I started podcasting in 2004. I mean, the MyMac podcast is one of the longest running podcasts wow. on this planet at this point. Yeah, isn't it just like a week younger oh. than my cat? Uh, uh, MattCast. Matt uh, it's like two weeks younger. Yeah. I, in fact, I went to register MattCast.com and Adam had already snatched it from me. I was like, Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's it's still going. I mean, yeah. its its lineage goes back to 2004. The person who set the RSS feed up for me initially because I just couldn't get it working um, was the guy who invented podcasting. Oh, Adam Curry. Adam Curry. Yeah, wow. I, I I sent him an email. I said I'm trying to do this podcasting thing that you started, but I can't seem to get this RSS feed to work. And he said, "Send me what you got." So I sent him my file. And maybe two hours later, I got it back. There was maybe six or seven corrections, and it worked. So the guy who invented this is the one that helped me get my show up and running. And then he actually um, played an ad for – originally, it was me and Chad Perry doing the MyMac podcast. Mm -hmm. And we had an ad. You remember uh, Jerry Seinfeld had a commercial where it was about the trailer, the guy that did the trailer in a world where (laughs) – and Jerry Seinfeld's like, no, what? This isn't going to work. Well, we took that audio uh, where the guy's saying, in a world. And then Chad Perry and I were talking to him. It's probably the best podcast ad I've ever done, to be honest. Actually, um, your voice is really good there, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> That's about as far as I can go, in a world. And uh, Adam Curry played that on his podcast. And we got a couple hundred new listeners overnight. It was amazing. Oh, cool. Wow. You guys go. Cool. You guys go pretty far back with uh, with the MyMac crew. Yeah, and and for the three of us, in May will be four years. Wow. Yeah, yeah so I was I keep looking at that, that, going, no, that's not possible. <laughs> I for some reason I thought you were actually coming up on five years. I thought this yep. this is going to be five years, isn't it? Because I thought you started right after we started TechFan. But 2012, May 2012. Yeah, I started TechFan. Oh, wow, wait a minute, we're in the sixth yeah. year of TechFan because we started in 2010. Yeah, I stopped writing for Mad Mac in 2011. Wow. I, well, I've um, we've actually met in person. We ha- yeah. I remember having that lunch. We, I think there's a picture of us eating at that taco place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're the only of the three of you guys. You're the only one I've met, Vicky. Well, yeah. if you ever come to Dallas, Tim, you have to let me know. Because, I've got family there. Oh well, you yeah. definitely have to let me know, and I'll I'll. We have a great barbecue place here. I can bring you to a and really Alyssa good and I missed each other by just a couple hours. Yeah, we tried to meet up in Chicago. Yeah, and I had but. just got I got back to my hotel. I'd worked all day. I was beat, and I was like, ah, we'll we'll meet again soon. And here we are, four years later, we still haven't. <laughs> yeah, because the two Mac Worlds that I went to, you weren't able to attend, and no, I can't um, make it to Mac Stock. So uh, yeah. it's too bad too because Mac Stock is it's not like a Mac World Expo at all. 
I do want to go, but it just it's just. But why, it could be just a it? reunion for us. <laughs> why do you, Why do you say that, Tim? Why isn't it uh, like a MacWorld? What is well, it? Well, MacWorld Expo was really about the expo part. It was about all these companies showing their different products on the showroom floor. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't do that at Mac Stock. Uh, it's not big enough. Number one, it's at a college. Uh, number two, it's it's pretty small. Uh, the people that show up for MacStock are more podcast listeners. Oh, okay. Um, because that's what the, the guy who started it uh, for Mac Eyes Only, that was the people that he knew that was listening to his show. And he reached out to Guy and Gaz and, um, and me, and we promoted it on our podcast. So the people who all came out for their very first year, for the most part, knew about it because they heard about it on a podcast. So they were really podcast listeners. The only company to show was OWC, Otherworld Computing. And the reason they were there was because I, I was. I was working for OWC at the time. And they had a table. Mm. <laughs> so so really it's about meeting the different people, um, listening to the speakers. Uh, it's going to be a day and a half instead of just one day this time. I'm moderating the the big discussion where all the different podcasters and speakers are up on stage at the same time. Um, it's just fun. It's 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 not constant pitch after pitch after pitch of a company wanting you to try their product or selling you something. That's not what it is. It's about learning some cool things from your contemporaries and getting to meet in person the people that you've only heard about or you've listened to on a podcast. And they're totally approachable. They're right there with you. There's no behind the stage or uh, behind no, it's all right there. You're you're eating lunch with the same people that you've been listening to on a podcast for ten years, but now you get to meet them in person, and you find out they're just a person like you. Well, that's nice. Yeah. It's, so it's it, very low key. It's very low key. It could get big. Uh, I hope it does get a little bit bigger. You can't keep doing this every year and going in the red. It, it yeah. has to make money, or at the very least, break even. Um, I think the concept of Mac stock is fantastic. Uh, I hope that. They take it to another level. I've had discussions with them about that in the past. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's going to be bigger this year. I don't know about next year or the year after. Uh, I, I know that I've had discussions with them about moving it to different places around the country, not just Woodstock, Illinois. Maybe have one in Austin. Maybe have one in Boston. Maybe have one in wherever, uh, Seattle. Um, Mac Stock doesn't have to be one location only once a year. It could have three different shows you know, across the country. So it's just a really fun thing to, to get together with these people and meet them in person or have a reunion of people that, you know, my Mac had the biggest presence there. We had like seven or eight people at the event and we were pretty much the only one that actually covered it as a news item at mymac.com with pictures and some commentary. Mm. Mm. Well, hopefully one day the three of us will be able to make it. I know they think I'm a phantom present. Yeah, presence because they don't have never seen me. She's a robot. Truly, I am a I'm a I'm a real person. (laughs) Okay, so Tim, thanks so much for joining us on this. I thought we'd be talking for about half an hour, and here we go into about an hour and a half. So (laughs) (laughs) we 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 do know how to tangent, so we're pretty good at that. So again, thank you, Tim, for joining us. Thanks for having me on. It was fun. And if you want to get in touch with uh, any one of the three geeky ladies, you can reach us on our Google Plus community, our Facebook page, by Twitter, 
And you can find all that information on our website, which is 3geekyladies.com with the number three spelled out. And developers, you heard Tim talking about getting some um, marketing, getting, you know, some reviews. Let us know. Let Tim know. We'd be, you know, happy to look into it and see what happens. Let us know what your apps are. and Maybe we can do something. So on that note, I want to say thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you next time. Listen, and you won't regret it.